0: welcome back to fandom 101 i'm your host eric and today we're going to start a special 10-part series and this is just because today i decided uh i'm going to a local con with a buddy and we're debuting our lantern cosplays i'm doing a red lantern and he is doing his green once again honestly, I'm really excited for it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And so to start this 10 part series, part one will be done today and we are going to start with the Red Lantern Corps. So join me for this journey through our favorite emotional Just so we know, there are are about 10 different Lantern cores. hence, you know, the whole 10-part series. Today we're going to be discussing the Red Lanterns. And just to go through the entire thing, we've got your Red Lanterns, Orange Lanterns, Yellow Lanterns, aka the Sinestro Corps. You've got the Green Lanterns, obviously, your Blues, Blue Lanterns, your Indigo Tribe, which are the Indigo Lanterns, and the Star Sapphires who bring out Violet, which is more of a pink. Actually. And all these have an emotional emotion attached. Now, you may be saying, Eric, that's seven of them. Well, yes, but there are three more cores to cover. You have your Black Lantern Core, which appeared in The Blackest Night storyline these guys are going to be a lot of fun to talk about on a later episode they also got your white lanterns again talk about it in a later episode and finally this one i just want to cover just because it'd be a shame not to the ultraviolet lantern core basically invisible light invisible constructs oh it's going to be so much fun because it's stuff you can't even see. I seriously want to see someone cosplay one of them. Alright, but let's begin with our Red Lanterns, and I think the best place should probably begin with the Oath of the Red Lantern Corps. Now, there are two actual known oaths for it. One was done, is actually accepted by a lot of the Fan base as the true oath, which comes from the comics, while others tend to say the second is just a fake, but technically it should still work because it was for a show, even if it was a kid's show. And I'm talking about the oath that was used for Green Lantern, the animated series, where the Reds were basically the first season's, you know, villains, and I do have some comments to say about it since we're talking about the core. We'll get into that a little bit later. So, the oath is plain and simple. Let's talk about what powers them first. You know, just so they understand, so our viewers understand, our listeners, sorry, our listeners understand, that the red lanterns are powered by rage. Remember, each lantern core has a emotion that drives it. And red is rage. It's all the rage these days. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so, the official comic version reads as such: With blood and rage of crimson red, ripped from a corpse so freshly dead, together with our hellish hate, will burn you all. That is you. Which is dark, brooding, and basically terrifying, if you think about it. While the JLAS Green Lantern animated series basically made it very kid-friendly, while keeping true to what the oath actually is for the Red Lanterns. With blood and rage of crimson red, we fill men's souls with darkest dread. And twist your minds to pain and hate. Will burn you all. That is your fate. Honestly, it's it, it works for me. I kind of like the second one. But recently I just saw someone had uh, done a wiki. And uh, they edited the oath to where it kind of combined the two. With blood and rage of crimson red. We fill men's souls with darkest red. Together with our hellish hate will burn you all that is your fate and honestly it's just you took the same parts that they kept just put one line from the animated and one line from the comic and it worked so honestly I I, if they don't use this for like a movie or anything I'd say they're missing out because that would combine the two making it possible and a lot of people really really this kind of irks me a little bit I posted the Red Lantern Oath for a TikTok and um, wanted to see people's reactions to it. Uh, one person actually said "fake oath." Now, obviously, it could have been a troll. You know how people do are trying to start an argument. I blocked the person and I deleted the comment because it'll just lead to more like it. However, it brought up this point to me that they considered it a fake oath only because it was in an animated show rather than in the comics. And I gotta think, what does it matter? Technically, it's still an oath. I mean, and I had to bring up, I gotta mention the Sinestro Corps here, the Yellow Lanterns. Uh, with them, they have their own kind of oaths, or it varies. Because uh, it mentions Sinestro's might, you know, burn like my power, Sinestro's might. Or burn like his power, Sinestro's might. Or even when it was also called the Mongol Corps, Mongol became a member and was actually a leader for a time in the comics. And Mongol, for those who don't know, is one of Superman's villains. He runs the War World, and if you don't know him, he's definitely worth looking into. A very interesting character. Uh, we'll get to talk about we'll get to talking about him during the Sinestro Corps arc of this series, which actually will be when, uh, the next after the Agent Orange episode. All right. So, moving on, uh, he would actually say Mongols might for his oath, I'm pretty sure. So, uh, literally, if the variation for the members, if they say their name or their leader's name burn like his power, if there's that little variation there, I mean, this little variation for the Red Lantern's oath is, uh, well, it's very acceptable. You know, and plus, ripped from a corpse so freshly dead is kind of a lot for a kid's show. So, yeah. Imagine Ryan Reynolds facing off against uh, the Red Lanterns in the next movie. Actually, I say what you will, but Ryan Reynolds actually did great in that movie. Was the movie great in itself? No, not really. I I liked it, but I had also some problems with it. And honestly, I have notes. It doesn't mean... it. I don't think it deserves the big hate that it's got. So. All right, but moving on, let's talk about what powers a Red Lantern. Obviously, as I said before, red is the color of rage in this universe. And yes, uh, this basically makes it an angry lantern. Uh, like I said, it's in the oath with blood and rage of crimson red. Now, we have to talk about the origin here. And we can't talk about the origin of the Red Lantern Corps without bringing up the story of the Lost Sector the for, Forbidden Zone, or the Forbidden Sector, Forgotten Sector. They go through so many names, it's hard to keep up with. But I usually just refer to it as the Lost Sector. Uh, and we had to tell the story of its one of its only few survivors, Atros of Riot. Alright, so, let's begin with the sectors. I know most people who are listening might not be familiar with the Lantern, of course, as I am. But the Guardians who made the Green Lantern Corps had divided space, you know, to they basically wanted to police the galaxy. So they created the Green Lantern Corps after something else to try and police the galaxy, keep it safe, yada yada. Anyway, so they divided space into several different sectors. The sector of the Milky Way galaxy is called Sector 2814. Which is why most of the time you'll see uh, a, a guardian in the comics refer to a lantern from Earth as Lantern Two Eight One Four, or something of that, you know, regard. They will actually refer to him by name mostly. All right, but this sector. Let's go to Sector Six Six Six. This is the Lost Sector, the Forgotten Sector. You know, this and in, on there was a planet known as. Riot. Spelled R Y U T. And here we meet a psychologist named Atros. Atros of Riot was Yeah, he was a, a father, a husband, and a good member of society, from what I can tell. And at this time, this this is being like thousands of years ago. His species just, oh my lord, they've lived for a long time. But, uh... Anyway, during this time, the Green Lanterns did not exist. The Guardians had these mechanical robots known as the Manhunters. And the Manhunters, you know, basically was to keep the peace and order. So well while back... A Guardian had warned the other Guardians that there was a flaw with the Manhunter initiative, or the Manhunter program, and that it could be exploited to almost massacre an entire sector if they got in the wrong hands. The Guardians so full of themselves, as usual, you know, their whole uh, pride, like, where are some of the best thinkers in the universe? No way anyone could do that, to, uh, you know, our creations. You know like i think they might have said the same thing about sinestro before he turned <laughs> uh anyway so moving on the guardian warned them that hey this could happen and they just ignored it they didn't put any mind that sounds like our current government well actually yeah <laughs> so they ignored it and he decided to do something about it. problem is he didn't decide to do it on a small scale and hack like hey look I just did it. Boom. He decided to prove his point and massacre the entire sector just to prove his point. This guardian's name was Krona. K-R-O-N-A. And uh, Riot was one of those sectors, was one of the planets the the Manhunters were on. They wiped out the entire planet except one. Atras saw his wife murdered in front of him. He held his daughter as she literally turned to ash in his arms. Can you imagine? I mean, he was a psychologist. He knows how to deal with grief and all that. Can you imagine what this did to him? Just losing everything. Losing everyone you've ever known, ever loved. All your family gone in an instant. It's horrible. It really really is. It's just... And then a group found him. They called themselves the Inversions. There were four of them. They were keepers of a thing called blood magic. They recruited him and they became the five Inversions. For a while, he learned a lot and they did some heinous things in the galaxy, mind you. But then Atroce of Riot killed them all. The four other inversions. He's the last survivor. And used their blood and blood magic to create the first power battle. The first Red Lantern. Harnessing the power of rage, which he felt for so long. I mean, just, wow. Right there, just to do that. And this is all from memory here. I mean, I could easily have looked this up again. I read the Red Lantern comics and all this. I went through Atrocitus' story. Oh, I should mention that Atrocitus' Riot actually took on a new name as he became the first Red Lantern. And he became what we know as Atrocitus'. Hence, Atros of Riot, Atrocitus. Now, with the red power ring and the red battery, he gets a few extra abilities. Of course, he has blood magic, which he can use blood as a weapon. But he gains the ability of flight, and he has rage plasma. This is basically, in the comics, what you see as their blood vomit, or in the case of Green Lantern, the animated series, a plasma-like breath when they are truly angry. It's uh, a think of it like Godzilla's Atomic Breath, but burning and not as blue. Anyway, this stuff, oh my, just, it can burn in the vacuum of space. It actually has the ability to uh, corrupt rings and basically even make you even angrier, which makes you uh, susceptible to getting a red ring on you which this could be a problem for some. They also have some telepathy ability and energy projections such as constructs, force fields. Oh, fun fact, that actually the plasma, the rage plasma can actually burn through many of the other Lantern's force fields. It actually did a number on the Black Lanterns who could regenerate. And even then, it's can even kill. It's actually killed a few other lanterns. Killed a few humans too when Matrosas was on Earth. And he went after some of the worst of the worst. You can actually see and read people's minds apparently. Hence the telepathy. You can actually find out what they've done and he goes after those people. And as I said energy projection and constructs and force fields. Originally only the humans who retain some of their Human self or knowledge, or just their regular personality, and then become a rage-filled beast could do this. But after some time, it seems all the Red Lanterns have gained this ability. Now. There's also rage absorption, infection, and empowerment, which we talked about, pre- you know, just a few minutes ago. That you know, literally, they can infect you with rage, making you more susceptible to the Red Lantern ring, and actually, it can actually empower them. The more rage you feel, the stronger the Red Lantern will actually get. Now, they are based on Ismelt in the Forgotten Zone in Sector 666. This is another planet that's out there, and it has what we, in the comics, refer to as a blood ocean, which surrounds the Red red Central Battery. This is where the Red Lanterns pretty much get their main charge from. Some notable members I'd like to include. We've just discussed Atrocitus, the leader of the Red Lantern Corps, who despises... No, actually, that's too uh, too light of a term. He absolutely, absolutely abhors the Guardians and the Green Lantern Corps because of what the Guardians had done. Anything the Guardians make, he just loathes entirely. Next up is Skallax, who is a noble member. He's the one that looks like he has, like, a skull head, like a goat. He's humanoid. Uh, Then there's It's I'll be mentioning her story a little bit later. Oh, and Dexter, Zeliah Zox, Rancor, Lara, even Supergirl. Supergirl was a member for a time. Uh, as well as Guy Gardner, one of the Green Lanterns, Hal Jordan, one of the most famous Green Lanterns, Queen Mira, Aquaman's wife, The Spectre, another DC hero, and Razor. Razor is worth mentioning as a former member. Uh, He was created just for the Green Lantern animated series. So, yeah, he was actually really, really fun. Played by the same voice actor who played uh, Kid Flash for Young Justice. Really, really cool. Really, really cool. Might as well mention their stories while we're here. Blee's actually was a beautifully winged woman. And apparently she was kidnapped and sadly raped by a member of Sinestro's Yellow Lanterns, the Sinestro Corps. And she became a Red Lantern to escape... uh, I still do not know what happened to her captor—the of uh, it was the Yellow Lantern or not. But uh, needless to say, I think mo- since most of the Red Lanterns are about vengeance, uh, I can see how this probably would have gone. Uh, Dexstar, ooh, uh, Dexstar is another another sad, sad story. And, uh, he's worth mentioning here. Now, Dexter is actually a cat from Earth. He's actually an Earth cat. One second. Want to pull up some facts on Bleas real quick. So while I'm thinking about it. There we go. now we're up and running. All right, so let's talk about Blizz real quick, and then I'll get on to Yes. Okay, so Blizz was actually a crown princess of her home world, Havaya? Interesting. Uh, it seems like Blizz is actually her name. No other alias, no other. Which, it seems, since most of the lanterns, I don't know for sure on Razor, most of the lanterns seem to have uh, picked up a. You know, code name or just a different name. So I can't say for certain that Bleez is her actual name. She was a narcissistic and arrogant crown princess, so. During the Sinestro Corps War, Bleece was one of the many people captured by the Sinestro Corps for torture and amusement. Held on Ranks in the sentient city, Bleece was raped and tortured by the Sinestro Corps, but somehow managed to escape before Ranks was destroyed in the Battle of Mogo. Filled with rage over her mistreatment, she was inducted into the Red Lantern Corps. Later, Blee's was among the strike force that ambushed the Green Lanterns, transporting Sinestro back to Korrigar or Korrigar. I cannot pronounce this planet. Korrigar for execution. And that's it. Pretty much. I mean, she's shown up and done several things. She basically has similar... I do know this for now. She actually is no longer a Red Lantern she's actually free of that and it seemed like she was in a relationship with uh rancor's human self you know he's the human red lantern so that would be interesting to find out where they have been so dc comics if or anyone from dc comics if you're listening that is one thing i would actually love to know more Now, I did mention Dexstar. He was an abused kitten, and uh, he was left at a local animal shelter, and he now serves as the pet or feline companion of Atrocitus. But it's worth knowing he was a very special cat for because of his blue fur. He was sad and scared until one day a kind woman adopted him who gave him a home. Food and toys, all of that. Yeah, and love and affection. And she honestly cried a few times, and literally he was always there to cheer her up. He knew that feeling to the point where um, she, she even said in the flashback for the comic that you make my life better, you silly cat. However, things changed when a man broke into her apartment. Dexter scratched. De- oh, by the way, I should mention his name is Dexter. Dexter scratched the intruder as hard as he could, but he was a young kitty, and sadly, the woman was killed. And a few days later, the police kicked Dexter out of the, of the apartment. There were no pictures of him to know, like, hey, this is her cat. She had just really adopted him. And he loved her dearly. He loved his owner, and honestly, I can kind of feel that with how I... If you're a pet owner, you know how you feel about your pets. They love you, you love them. It's the one thing that's unconditional love. So now Dexter was alone on the streets again, and very sad. And then two kids decide to put him in a bag and throw him off the Brooklyn Bridge. Yes, this happened in New York, by the way. A red ring happened to be in the area, and it chose him. It the I should probably have mentioned before. With the lantern cores, not really they're not really magic. It's more like based off alien science. I have no idea. Like it is so far beyond its comic book logic at this point. But anyway, the ring, much like the wand in Harry Potter, the ring chooses its wearer. So the ring literally sought out. Dexter, the cat. And he was recruited into the Red Lantern Corps. He then later he then killed the two punks who put him in a bag and threw him off the bridge to die. But he did not go on a full rampage like other beginning Red Lanterns. And instead, he went back to his apartment and curled up in a small ball next to one who cared for him and simply said and his with his own thoughts this is the thoughts of the comic mind you, I find one who hurt you I kill I good kid with a little tear running down his eye and it and it's just very sad it's you know no one should really have to go through that but the sad thing is it ref- it's a mirror of our world in a way you know Sadly, our world kind of sucks. It's good to see that even in fiction, the world kind of sucks there, too. Nothing's ever going to be a perfect world. Moving on to Rancor. Rancor is actually a really interesting Red Lantern. And I hope you're noticing a theme if you're listening in on this, that uh, they really do have some fascinating, fascinating bits here. And, uh... Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I forgot about this guy. This guy was possessed by the Butcher, the entity of the Red Lantern, the first being to ever feel rage. Alright, now, now I've got what I need. Uh... We've got Rancor is next. And... His real name is Jack Moore. He's from 28, Sector 2814, the Milky Way Galaxy. He's right here on Earth. The most recent inductee in the Red Lantern Corps, Revised Continuity. And the fourth human to bear a red ring after Hal Jordan, Guy Gardner, and Kyle Rayner, the fifth terrestrial, including Dexter. Jack Moore is a... Mm, I'm not familiar with this word, but he's just basically kind of the shy guy if you, you know, read the comic. Always repressing his growing feelings of rage until he witnessed the brutal beating of his brother at the hands of the local police. Unable to repress his feelings anymore, he finally qualified as a proper replacement for Guy Gardner as the Red Lantern of 2814. As with Hal and Guy... Jack Moore manages to hold on to part of his rationality and after giving to, to his father's grave as a last greeting he decides to avenge him and his brother by slaying his killer the man who, hold, who he holds responsible for the chain of events tearing his family apart a feat that, achieve, that he achieves by smashing him with his grandfather's tombstone. He then confronted... He was then confronted by Guy Gardner, Green Lantern, and the Green Lantern Corps was definitely aware of his existence. Until he is finally called to riot and join to join Atrocitus and his fight towards uh, Abysmus and the Abysmorphs. that Red Lanterns were going through... Uh, See, Red, Lan- Red Lanterns were not Atrocitus' first attempt to try and destroy the Guardians. He had another creation and it came back to bite him in the ass. Pardon my language, but But yeah, it, it just, it came back. He had to deal with that. And finally, let's talk about Razor real quick. i love to talk about Queen Mira and more, but I feel like I should wait for Blackest Night to end up uh, get into all that, and we can discuss it during the Black Lanterns. Anyway, Razor was from... uh, I forget what the planet's name was. Uh, Let me see if I can look it up real quick. Razor. There we go. Uh, No, it does not mention it here. I cannot remember what the planet he lived on's name. Anyway, as the Green Lantern series goes on, he was uh, he was just a regular guy. He had a wife who begged him not to join to fight against uh, these evil warlords who kept uh, going at it on his planet, planet making w- a, the literal planet was a, a war zone. And he was going to fight to try and make it peaceful once again. That was his end goal. By the time he finally made it back to his home, he found his beloved had been killed. Never found out who, and a red ring found its way to him, saying, You have great rage in your heart. He wanted to make someone pay for it. Someone has to pay were his original words. So he took the red ring without a second of thought. Turns out, um, in a later episode, Atrocitus reveals. Uh, like, I had such high ambitions when I created you. Razor then says, You didn't create me. I did. If only I had listened to- If only you had listened to your sad little farm girl. Do you think what she said to you, what you felt for her, mattered in the least? It was I, who conquered your world, who set your warlords against each other to create destruction and chaos and hate! It was I who saw your potential and recruited you. And when I saw, you only needed a nudge to become a truly hateful creature. Then I sealed your fate. It was I who slaughtered your precious Ilana. Then Razor goes into full rage mode, actually knocks Atrocitus back, and nearly kills him. It would have taken one second, but he didn't take the opportunity. Which, honestly, I'm kind of glad they didn't because they could have built up as the series went on. I was really hoping that this could have made it to the blackest night. But, again, we were denied that. We finally get uh, animated Red Lanterns instead of just Yellow Lanterns or Sinestro being the main villain for a Green Lantern. We had Star Sapphire and Sinestro in Justice League and the basically the, basically the universe that Batman the Animated Series started. We had Sinestro and we had Star Sapphire. That was it on the Lanterns, other than a few green here and there. But seriously, that's what I'm wanting. I'm I'm wanting them to eventually get to Blackest Night because that was such a good story arc. But again, I keep going back to it. I maybe should have started with the Black Lanterns, but I'm starting in order of colors, and we're doing red. Anyway, some notable weaknesses for the Red Lanterns. When they're first given the Red Ring, a lot of individuals are overtaken by rage, meaning they are basically uncontrollable rage beasts. There's no higher function of the brain. There's nothing. It's just kill. Kill all who have done wrong. Kill everyone in your wake. Go on an absolute rampage. That's pretty much what that is. Until Atrocitus learned when one of them, fe- when he pushed one off and they went into the Ocean of Blood, they came out almost sentient. Or pretty much, and I'm pretty sure that was bleez So he did that with a few of his other Red Lantern Corps lieutenants, and sure enough, it worked. All of them, you know, were sentient, almost as much as Rancor, who still had some of his ability Uh, Hal Jordan and Guy Gardner. So, basically, that's one weakness that, you know... And I mentioned it during Dexter's little story... That he didn't go on a full, absolute rampage. He just basically killed the two punks who tried to kill him. Now, here's weakness number two. Now, in Green Lantern, the Animated Series they didn't want the Red Lanterns to die by removing the ring. So it caused them great pain, but it didn't kill them. However, in the comics, this is not true. Removing the Red Ring will result in death unless they have the help of a Blue Lantern who can, with the power of hope, they can literally remove the Red Ring and reverse its effects. And I'll talk about that more in in the next minute. We're going to take a quick break. And welcome back. Alright, so we were talking before about how the Blue Lanterns were able to reverse the process of a red ring and removing the red ring without killing its wearer. And it's worth noting that basically, here's why it'll kill its wearer if it's removed. Uh, Essentially speaking, from the comics, the red ring. Will become the user's heart it basically expels out all the blood that's actually in the user system replacing it with the red energy the red light that the ring usually can produce as a construct i suppose would be the right term but it basically fills it with that red hot plasma breath too that will be used as an attack This actually I liked in Green Lantern Animated Series that it didn't do that. So it was literally just like a regular power ring that when removed, it will cause great pain. Because let's face it, it's painful. Putting it on even seems to be kind of painful. Which uh, with the Green Lantern Ring, you kind of get like this boost of power. Like, oh, wow. Kind of... i'm wondering what'll happen in the other universes with those other lantern cores uh we never really saw the reaction of when someone put on a star sapphire ring or the blue ring in that series so my money's on if you put on the yellow ring more than likely you're gonna feel afraid at first and then like there's power in this so literally but we're talking about other cores here you didn't We're talking about the Reds here, so let's focus on that. So literally, the... Oh, uh, it's worth noting here, this is not exactly a weakness, but this actually is kind of a strength on their part. Uh, Since their heart is actually no longer their, you know, actual heart inside their body, removing that like uh, a Black Lantern could, possibly, removing that heart will only incapacitate them for a little bit. A red lantern will get right back up. They have some pretty good regenerative abilities themselves. But literally, their heart is their ring. So basically, one way to beat them would be to cut off the hand, if you can manage that. But as the ring will not allow itself to be done like that, now eh, you're really going to have to, you know, catch it, you know, catch them off guard. Now, as I said before, there's a secret with this core. And I was hoping you were paying attention to the theme. As I mentioned notable members, like Atrocitus, Bleas, Dexstar, and Rancor and Razor. And the secret of the core is that, in and of itself, it's this. Much like the Green Lantern rings, it takes a special kind of rage to operate or use a Red Lantern. Just as it takes a special kind of willpower to use a Green Lantern, and sadly, it's this—it's rage that's gained through personal loss or heartbreak. Bleez lost her entire identity when she was kidnapped and raped. She was a crown princess. She was vain. She was. She wasn't the greatest person. I'm not gonna lie. She was not the greatest person. Scallops was. At best a hitman, I think, before uh he was betrayed and put into like an oven where his face got melt nearly melted off, hence how he looks. Dexstar, you remember how sad his story was. Uh, I'm not sure about Guy Gardner, Supergirl, or but I do I will say this on Mira. Queen Mira, Aquaman's wife, uh, Black Manta killed her son. Her and Aquaman's son that kind of set her mentally off and emotionally she's been leaning more towards rage and just outbursts of rage hence why the red ring chose her and as I'm doing this I need to bring up this other weakness because while I'm talking about her there's only been one time this has actually ever happened and uh When a a Red Lantern actually sees something that overpowers their rage, like they feel another emotion, like, say, love. As when Aquaman was returned to life during Blackest Night, Mira saw him, and she was in her Red Lantern form, and was like Arthur, and her rage was compromised. Because she felt more love than she did rage. She had her balance back. And the Red Ring just fell off her finger. And then she started to die. Luckily, we had two other Lanterns. We had uh, Carol Ferris as Star Sapphire and Saint Walker. Blue Lantern, the first Blue Lantern actually present. While the Blue Lantern worked on repairing the damage the Red Ring had done and reversing it. Basically, Carol using her ring, the Power of Love, which is what powers the Star Sapphire's. She was using that to keep Mira's heart beating. You know, basically using Aquaman also as a, uh, as Flash would say, a lightning rod, I suppose. Something to keep her focused and something to keep her alive. Using his heart and her heart together, you know, making sure that her stayed functional while St. Walker did his work. Now, Mira's the only Red Lantern that that has ever happened to. So, who knows if it'll actually do it again. And technically, it was only for a 24-hour period that her ring was supposed to even be around, I think. So, it's definitely worth mentioning her story for that. Uh, Razor, literally, I mean, look at his rage. Just, uh, you know... He had no idea Atrocitus was the one who did it. And look at Atrocitus. There's a reason they didn't go in the Green Lantern animated series. Why they didn't reveal Atrocitus' backstory. Because it would have really made him relatable, I should say. Perhaps, no, not relatable. Uh, The audience would have understood his motives then. You know, he wouldn't be just some villain out to conquer the universe it would have given him a reason like, hey, I can protect this better than the Guardians could. And I'm a whole horrible, horrible person here. You know, it's literally... It's just, he lost so much. And when you lose so much, there's only so much a person can take before they become no different. I mean, it's basically Joker's entire thing on... Uh, You know, all it takes is one bad day to reduce the sanest man alive to lunacy. That's how far the world is from where I am. Just one bad day. And it goes on with that. It's just, you know. But there's a a lot of stuff. Oh, another notable member I forgot to mention was the, I think I mentioned him, but the Spectre. See, uh, now Spectre is basically DC's spirit of vengeance. Basically, they're equivalent to Ghost Rider, in a way. And uh, he's a former detective who's bonded with the, the spirit of vengeance or whatever, or became the spirit of vengeance, and often goes out of his way to deal with problems, much like Wonder Woman. If she deals with a problem, she deals with it. Honestly, I honestly was kind of surprised that she didn't become a red, but, hey, it is what it is. All in all, the Red Lanterns have a unique history where even Atrocitus was no longer the leader. Uh, they thought him dead. Dextar kept him alive. And... How to... There's just something out there. So, uh... Basically, the idea in the comics was to get rid of the Red Lantern. So, they started hunting down all its members. Uh, I should say, Bleas and Guy Gardner started hunting down all of its members. Guy Gardner had become a Blue Lantern. And was using that while Bleas was wearing most of the rings on her kind of skeletal wings. Anyway, with each one, it grew harder and harder to resist the urge to rampage, but she somehow managed to do it until they found the last remaining set, which was on Rancor, who was doing who knows what and had like a whole vest made of Red Lantern rings. On all, all battle ensues, yada yada. Basically saying they finally freed Rancor, and all the rings went to bleeds on her wings, and Guy had to fight her. And long story short, now there are no more Red Lanterns in the DC Universe. For now. Uh, as for the fate of Atrocitus and Dextar, I'm not sure. but it might be worth looking up here. So let's see what's become of Atrocitus since. Oh, Ah, okay. uh, Let's see here. Leader and founder of the Red Lantern Corps. Yeah, sworn to revenge against the Guardians of the Universe for the death of his family in the massacre of Sector 666. Uh, other aliases. Atrocitus of the Five Inversions and Red Lantern. Atros was his real name. Okay, Atros. Not Atros. Inversions, Empire of Tears, New Guardians. Oh yeah, I forgot about the New Guardians. That was an interesting one. He and the other four survivors of the Oh, okay, so I'm going to tell his story here as I'm reading it. Long ago, when the rogue Manhunters rampaged through Green Lantern Sector 666, Atrocitus was one of the only five beings in the entire sector to escape death. He and the other four survivors formed a terrorist cabal known as the Five Inversions, bent on the destruction of the Guardians of the Universe and all who served them. With Atrocitus serving as their leader, the Five Inversions performed a ritual that allowed them to peer into the future and discover the prophecy of the Blackest Night, which decreed that all life in the universe would end. They ruled a massive domain known as the Empire of Tears until the Guardians of the Universe defeated the Five Inversions and has imprisoned them on their capital, Ismalt. So that's why they're on Ismalt. That was the for the Red Lantern Court. It was where they ruled the empire of tears after abin sir arrived trying to locate survivors of a crash he went to the imprisoned demons and asked for their assistance Atrocitus refused to help him but his comrade Kull freely offered to answer three questions the location of the survivors the fate of abin sir and the prophecy of the blackest night sir told this to the guardians of the universe and turn in turn kept the five inversions on Ismalt instead of transferring them to Oa's science cells. Which is their own version of like a prisoner cell. Following this, Sir began to make periodic visits to Ismalt to learn how to prevent the Blackest Night. Sir even went so far as to free Atrocitus from his imprisonment so he could lead the Green Lantern to Earth. The birthplace of the Black. That would end the universe. Caged Sir's starship, Atrocitus instilled fear in Sir, allowing the yellow impurity to seep into his willpower constructs and weaken them enough to escape. After slashing the Green Lantern in the chest, mortally wounding him, Atrocitus jumped from a point high in Earth's atmosphere to escape Sir's failing ship. Atrocitus continued his violent rampage on the planet Earth after killing an unspecified number of Air Force Troopers Atrocitus recited an oath that would become the battle cry of the Red Lanterns and performed a ritual that gave him the name of the Herald of the Blackest Night, uh, oh, sorry. They gave him the name of the Herald of the Blackest Night, William Hand. Atrocitus created a device using gun parts which acted as a cosmic divining rod and used it to lead him to Hand. The device eventually became Hand's criminal weapon, once he tracked down the human who it is said will play a prominent role in the coming of the blackest Knight, he attacked and planned to take hand's innards back to ismael before his plan proceeded sinestro and rookie green lantern hal jordan intercepted him spiriting william hand to safety Atrocitus used his newly constructed device to sap the power from their rings leaving them only with their wits to defend them before the Master of the Five Inversions. Sinestro was able to restore their ring's powers through his power battery, but Atrocitus still had the upper hand. Just as he was about to crush Sinestro with a power shovel, Hal used his ring to blow up the yellow vehicle, surprising Atrocitus greatly as he believed the Green Lantern rings do not work on yellow. Defeated, Atrocitus was contained by Sinestro and taken to Oa. After Sinestro dropped Atrocitus back on Ismult, Atrocitus and the other inversions imparted a prophecy of the eventual rebellion of Sinestro's homeworld of Korrigar. Sinestro didn't believe his lies and told Atrocitus unlike Abin sir, he would not fall to fear. <laughs> uh, when you can see the future, uh, irony is everywhere. There's so much store here, but basically, he, like we said, he eventually killed the other inversions and used their blood and whatnot to make the first Red Lantern. And there, there's just so much store here: blackest night, brightest day, and the War of the Green Lanterns. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Powers, alien physio- physiology, superhuman strength, superhuman durability, claws, magic. Using blood magic, he is able to call upon the necromancy powers formerly used by the Empire of Tears and the and later the Five Inversions. This magic is steeped in ancient and complex rituals. Precognition. By using blood rituals, he is capable of opening himself to discern the future. General pro- prophecy is easier to ascertain than specific knowledge. He and other inversions were able to foretell the Blackest Night Prophecy and determine the beginning of the fall of Sinestro from the Green Lantern Corps. But when he was upon Earth looking for William Hand, he had to enact a blood ritual to discern specific details of his whereabouts. Ability's Boundless Rage Over countless millennia of imprisonment, Atrocitus has developed a tremendous rage and hatred for his Jailers, the Guardians of the Universe, and their Green Lantern Corps cultism weaknesses irrational hatred paraphernalia equipment red red uh, lamp red power battery and weapons red power ring footnotes
1: okay
0: nothing on his death ah <sighs> Well, it could be that this is just out of date. Oh, first appearance in January 2008 of the Red Lanterns. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. So as of right now, uh, no idea if he's still alive in the comics or not but I know this he was no longer the re- leader of the Red Lantern Corps last I checked they were wiping that out okay hold on first appearance Green Lantern volume 4 number 25 December of 2007 for Atrocitus created by Jeff Johns and Ethan Van Skyver. DC Rebirth. Atrocus resumes his reign over the Red Lanterns. He begins by enacting the prophecy of the Red Dawn on Earth. To do this, he began infecting humanity with rage and constructed a hell tower. Flashpoint. Hmm television, film, and that's pretty much it. So we've covered all of the Red Lantern's powers and abilities. We've even discussed a little bit on Atrocitus, and I've read what's out there for Atrocitus. Sadly, though, it was not much. As I've literally said everything I can on Atrocitus' story, basically, it's just an ongoing adventure. Where they go next with these characters, I don't know. But next up will be the Orange Lantern Corps, aka Agent Orange. If you don't know what I mean, well next time. Anyway, this has been Fandom 101, and thank you for joining. So that was the Red Lantern Corps. One out of ten, done. Now, I am going to try and get at least one podcast out a month from here out. It's just been a little bit crazy and hectic here, guys. I apologize. Wife and I are going through a few things. We nearly lost another pup. And he's still fighting for his life. So, yeah. Right now, we're going to... Comic-Con, and we're going to have some fun with that. I'm really looking forward to it. It's like my yearly break. And, uh, just going to have some fun. And hopefully I'll have some new topics to talk about. Going to witness a few panels, maybe even find someone from another fandom, and maybe get turned on to another fandom, and I'll get to talk about it on the show. So, uh, This has been Phantom 101, and I've been your host, this is Eric, signing off. Thank you for listening, and have a nice day, night, evening, wherever you're listening to this. So, ladies and gentlemen, and everything else in between, have a nice night, day, or (laughs) work.